0: why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So Kate, from time to time, people will say, oh, you have a brother. And I'll be like, yes, yes, I have a brother. They're aware of you because we do the podcast together. But people, and then they'll say, you know, will your brother ever be on the podcast? Nope. <laughs> Well, that was, that was rather abrupt. I, I was going to say, well, have we even asked him? We've never asked him. I mean... He wouldn't, but no. we've never asked him. I mean, maybe he has a special picture book that he would like to do with us. I sincerely from his doubt youth. it. We can ask, though. We could ask. Because now he's, his working hours are changing. Why are his working hours changing? He just got a job at the library. Which library, Kate? Your library. My library. But it wasn't through you. No, in fact, I I actively tried to keep away as much as possible because I did. I knew that if I did anything, they'd be like, nope, Uh, nepotism. Bye. I I was the one that gave him the job like posting. Yes. And uh, yeah, so fortunately, I will not uh, be working anywhere near his department, which is fine. And all will be well. Yes. And he may even who knows, maybe he'll move to Evanston. Who knows? That's that's it. Then we'll have to change the opening of this entire Three siblings lived on <laughs> no different parts of the state. He's not gonna join the podcast. What if he did? What if he didn't say anything, but then like just at some point in every podcast he would say like one thing like "nope," and then that would be it. Like it'd be something snarky. Yeah, he'd say something, sn- or maybe he would just like snort because <laughs> like we said something funny. Maybe and, uh, yeah. Never gonna happen. I like the idea. We'll just have Ben permanently in the background of every single episode, and then we oh, and then we can go back to old episodes and we can insert him. It'd <laughs> be great. Nope, I, I see no flaw in this plan. Those files have been deleted. Uh, Never and, gonna happen. Well, speaking of this podcast, though, well, what is the name of this podcast? It's Fuse and Kate and Ben. No, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. No, I'll double check the tapes, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you read the credits. Oh, that's true. I do. I've been reading them wrong for years. (laughs) Uh, What do we do on this podcast? We try and bring our brother into everything we do. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've mentioned him maybe twice on this podcast, if that. (laughs) So that would be an interesting. uh, uh, We'd be complete failures if that was our intention (laughs) with this podcast. No. uh, We read picture books and we determine if they should be deserved to be called classics or not. So. As some people may have noticed, I kind of went through all the picture books that were published in 2002 mm-hmm. to determine because our 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 limit limit is 20 years pre- precisely, which I've cheated with in yes. the past. But really, was trying to be you know quite you I know mean, hard on this one. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna look at everything that was published in 2002, and uh, I found one. That I am very familiar with, partly because it was turned into a Weston Woods video that I watched with my children many, 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 many times. I will pull it out of the bag now. Boo! I stink! Bye! Kate and Jim McCullen. Right, McCullen, Mac- McMullen. Oh, McMullen. It's a McMullen. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a perfect book to read on a hot, sticky day like we're having right now. Uh, what would be better than a book about garbage <laughs> on a hot, <laughs> sticky day? I think it even takes place on a hot, sticky day, if I remember correctly. Is it night? But it's still hot and sticky. Great. Yes, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh-huh. Read it. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on these, uh these Kate McMullen, Jim McMullen characters. She's done tons of picture books over the years, including the entire I'm just gonna call it the I Stink series, which is maybe not fair. Does this series have a name? I'm unclear. We're gonna cover that. But uh, finding interviews with them was actually a little difficult. I couldn't find anything on her website about creating ice Stink, which is a real bummer because I feel like this is pertinent information that people need. So as it turns out, they first started working together on a book called Noisy Giants, which came out in 1991 um though she says she'd been begging jim to illustrate her books for years so that's interesting she got into writing books uh because she was a teacher she taught fourth grade and during lunch she would read to the kids and they loved it and then she says she'd read through math period and if they were attentive she'd just keep going and then she suddenly figured out that maybe she wasn't a great teacher but maybe she should do something with children's books And she decided to see if she could write a children's book. Now, interestingly, she was teaching fourth grade, but what she decided to write was picture books. And she says, to this day, I Stink is her favorite work. Uh, She says it took her a long time to write, but that Jim's artwork really surprised her a lot when she was working on it. And it looked like he was having fun. Um, He decided not to do People, which is an interesting An interesting thing uh, in there. And it is what kind of sets the books apart in some ways. And uh, she says that when they collaborate, he shows her sketches of what he's done. And then she often takes out a lot of words. And she says, because I don't need them anymore. I do a lot of rewriting to make it shorter because I really am a big believer in picture books are best when they're short. And on his part, uh, Jim says that, you know, they're very lucky to collaborate in the way that they do because they do it from a very early stage in her writing. So it's just after she's decided to do a certain kind of book. She shows him the early drafts of her text. And sometimes he does sketches very early to try to kind of help her think about the character that she's writing about. It's very collaborative. So it's very different, he says, from the experience of where a publisher has asked him to illustrate a text that's already set in stone. And he just has to do what he has to do. Um, whereas with Kate... He has much more input into the basic story, and it's really kind of fun, and, and sort of an old-fashioned way of doing that. And he says, uh, I just think it makes a difference. That's my imitation of the breaky sound when they're picking up your trash in the uh, alleyway behind your house. Okay. Yeah. 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 You could also do the beeping when they, uh... Like- yeah, but so many things beep i feel like the trash truck has its own like specific brake sound whereas the beep 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 i mean that could be a ups truck for all we know i don't even know okay yeah not one of those you know when i saw the title i thought back to um there's a shell silverstein um poem that i read as a seven-year-old that we have on videotape of me saying homework oh homework i hate you you stink I wish I could throw you away Away in the sink. sink? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) I thought you were going to do there was too many kids in this tub because you would stink if you had too many people in your tub. That's true. Yes. What, didn't you give me a book with uh, where there was a garbage truck and they put dolls on the front grill? Oh, good memory. That would be in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and there is a shot of a bizarre garbage truck with uh, impaled baby doll heads. Yeah. As I recall, not to us, but to the person who originally pointed that out to me, uh, he pointed he he said this online, and the illustrator got very defensive, saying in the '70s garbage trucks did that all the time. Yeah, this, this is definitely a modern truck because it does I would love to see one re-illustrate this with baby doll heads impaled at the front of I it. I might though. like it even more if it did uh, it. Exactly, right? Yeah, this is sans anything on the grill. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we are talking to a garbage truck. Or he's rather talking to you. We're not saying anything. He, I'm assuming it's, it's a like he. a garbage truck monologue, right? <sighs> it, yeah, it's like the Hamlet of garbage trucks. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's he's like, all right. Who am I? I got lights. I got ten wide tires. No AC. They don't I, have AC. Is that just hit? Yeah. That's a really good question. Is that just him, or is that just a garbage truck thing? That. Seems like a horrible. Th- yeah, because you would think of all the trucks in the entire world. Yeah, I don't know. Would it because you would smell it and it would then get into the cabin? Okay, so, so that's why you have to have the windows open. There but is then you a- have the windows open. Then you the- okay. There's a really really good graphic novel. It based on a true story, but it is not in fact nonfiction. But it is by is this is his name, uh, Durf Back Durf. He's a great graphic novel. He did um, uh, My Friend Dahmer about the fact that he was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer in high school. Really good graphic novel. That's nonfiction. Um, in this particular case, this was trashed. It was about his time serving um, over like a couple summers working as a garbage man. And boy, you don't want that job. You do not want that job. But it pays really well. It does. I think there, yeah, but if there's no AC, then I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we learn that the trash goes in the back of the truck. They make the front of the truck look like a face, though. They do! It's funny! So then it looks like the trash is going in its butt. But he's definitely saying, like, (laughs) mouthy things, like, say, ah, and things like that. Yeah, so you feed through the butt. (laughs) What's weird about this is, so, the author is married to the illustrator. He'd been illustrating things, or at least doing art, for a long time. And then she came up with this text... And she said she was surprised by what art he came up with. Maybe she envisioned the mouth being the back of the truck, which would be weird, because then you'd be, like, driving around backwards the whole time. Yeah. I'm not sure I can see that. It definitely that. says, feed me straight into the hopper, and it should say, feed me straight into my pooper. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think there'd be some parents who might have a problem with <laughs> Just eat through Me. your butt, Betsy. That's it so how it's done. But, probably a problem with that somewhere. But this has got to be fun to read. It, like, two to three-year-olds. I mean, you've got different size font and so many different colors. The typography. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Yeah, it keeps changing on it every It really does page. keep changing, yeah. It's either going to be really small or it's going to be really big or it's mm-hmm. going to be bold or it's going to be red or it's going to be something. It's different all the time. However. <laughs> oh, I like the However. On the page where it says "engine roar," um, the illustration of the truck with the eyes on the front reminds me <laughs> of the brave little toaster's father. I okay. I love the brave little toaster. This is his long lost father. Hey, wouldn't that, that be more? That looks more like Kirby, the vacuum cleaner, in I, terms of expressions. I, I mean, think. it could be Kirby's too. Yeah, maybe they're siblings whoa a whole new dimension of the brave little toaster that i never even considered before maybe yeah it could be I you, can i tell you just a really quick fun same little father brave different little mother toaster. Yeah, anyway. yeah brave little toaster in fact uh when the internet was new one of the first things i searched for was uh brave little toaster fandom which did not exist i bet it does now i'm not entirely certain of that i'm not entirely certain i guarantee it's out there i uh, bet there man. is a reddit thread for brave little toaster wow yeah it's a beautiful world. Right? It's a beautiful world. <laughs> the world we live in now. It has now. such things in it. <laughs> anyway, I saw that and I was like, ooh, Brave Little Toaster. Anyway. I'm just going to say he has a very distinctive uh, way of speaking in this. So when they did the Weston Woods video, I was trying to figure out who the narrator was. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Andy Richter? Oh, yeah. Andy Richter narrates. There's Conan O'Brien's sidekick That's on the right. Show. And he does a killer job. He does like a real like Brooklyn accent. it has you to, have to be. To, right? It has to be a New York accent because this obviously takes place in New York. It seems very New York. Well, yeah. in the end you can see there's there's an actual yeah, yeah there's garbage New York buildings, and, yeah, yeah. And stuff, yeah. What is a nice detail in the illustrations as, is when all the trash is being compacted in the truck, there's A slight trickle of juices flowing out of the truck. Yeah, there is. It's very colorful. It is. It really draws the eye nicely. It's very colorful and very gross. (laughs) Oh, another reason this takes place uh, in New York City is that the trash people do everything at night. Whereas where we live in the Midwest, the trash is during the day. But you have to do it at night in New York City because otherwise the traffic would just hold up the trash trucks too much. That makes sense. Fun fact uh the the page where it says burp yes uh, if i could belch on cue i would for dramatic I know. effect but that's why i was never as great a, a read aloud story time person as i could have been because i couldn't belch on cue yeah you just have to yell out burp see that was my burp right now well, It was insufficient i didn't even hear it Didn't you hear that? Nope. It was really good. It was so deafening. I know, It it blew out the mics. I'm just going (laughs) to, the whole podcast, I'm just trying to keep doing this, yeah. So now we apparently learn the alphabet. Yeah, because like uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, (laughs) it's good when a picture book can do more than one thing. Like, you could learn uh, the alphabet. Yeah, halfway through, it's just like, okay, now we have uh, room for alphabet soup. And, uh, oh, and, boy. and they go through the different letters of the alphabet with different things that would be in the trash, including D is dirty diapers, F is fish heads. I mean, obviously they're not composting, so that's uh, yeah, quiet. Okay. But... Okay. Because I'm looking at a lot of the things that are here and uh-huh. I'm like, okay, we have apple cores, mm-hmm. banana peels, uh, Half-eaten. Well, I guess you're not supposed to put in meats. It's probably not a great idea to put meats in. Yeah. But orange peels. Absolutely. Yeah. Just cut those up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, quail bones. That's the cue. Bones. Do, I mean, bones really break down that well. But sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rotten radishes. Oh, those would definitely you put them in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wa- Who keeps around that many radishes until they become rotten? I'm just wondering. Watermelon rinds. Yeah. Sure. You could cut. But then here's the thing. It says year-old yams. Who holds on to a yam for a year before you're like, yeah, I guess I should probably. Throw well, you've this never out. See, You have this like folks. You have to see Kate's house. It's it's remarkably clean. You've never had the experience of like you're okay. I science your, experiments. Yeah, but no, no, no I'm talking like you've got year? the cabinet, so you don't always look in the back, and you at some point you stuffed some yams back there. You kind of forgot about them, and then like you're moving stuff around, and then suddenly you're like, what's this? uh black goop? Oh, the yam. But a so year. That's where I put up. Let's see, a year. Okay, so a year. Very different. People. 365 we're very days. Very different. Dude, years. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? That is how you live, my that friend. That is disgusting. Yeah, you, who cleans their cabinets you, who does not Okay, anyway, we're not. We're, get, I'm we're just not saying get... it could have. Anyway, that is. I'm not that... saying I've ever had a yam that old because I don't eat yams. But... <laughs> and I'm saying that should be composted, not thrown in the trash. I agree. It's and also does not look like it's been a year because that would be just a brown puddle if it had actually been a year. Yeah, I agree. So most like half of this stuff here really should be composted, not thrown away. Yes, even though I demand an update, <laughs> 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 including the well, I guess. Pa- well, pasta with zucchini. The zucchini could have gone in the compost. At oh, some point, it could have. Who knows how long it's been in that bag. But the, tra- the trash garbage truck is standing next to a recycling bin. Yes. Which I'm just thinking none of this was recycled. No. So and why I don't is- even know. Well, I don't think you could have recycled any of this. Really? I mean, well, the toothpaste tube, that's no, plastic you can't now. recycle toothpaste Jam face-toots. jars, you could have cleaned it out. Okay, jam jars, yes. You could clean out, you'd have to completely clean it out and not include the lid, but you could recycle the jam what jar. What about the icky ice cream cartons? You... No, because they had no. food substances. Usually if it has food substances anywhere on it, that's going to gum up the machines in the recycling center. You can't do that. But the jam jars, I'll grant you that maybe maybe that's what the garbage truck was implying was recycle this one item the kids the one thing <laughs> the one thing in here and here's where it's the clear nod to new york he oh. says if it weren't for me then you would be you're on mount trash o rama baby i would always think is of what this. it says unquote yeah. baby when i lived in new york city i would think of this when um, we had a blizzard once in a while and then the trash truck simply couldn't get through to take the trash, and it would just build up, build up, build up, build up on the sidewalks. Yeah, I, not I, I notice that every time I go to New York, it smells to high heaven because your trash is on the sidewalks. Because there's in... no alleyways. Exactly. Chicago learned from yes. New York's mistakes, built well, alleys after Chicago the fire. Chicago <laughs> wasn't founded by the Dutch, who didn't have alleyways back where they came from and didn't occur to them, maybe that'd be a good thing to invent, so... Yeah. Well, Chicago also had a fire and then rebuilt a lot. Yeah, so. but they rebuilt, a, like, a wood buildings after that. That was weird. Anyway. Anyways. All your fire escapes are wooden. It's weird. Big fan of alleys. Yeah, that's, alleys. That, yeah, That's where trash cans Two thumbs up for alleys. Be. Who cares if you get mugged in them when Spider-Man movies happen? That's New it York. A, it, it, except it, there are no alleys in New York. I don't well, understand where Spider-Man gets There's got to be one, because that's where Spider-Man there lives. There is one. <laughs> I think there is one, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's interesting because by the end, the truck is talking about, hey driver, reverse and get me to the barge and mm-hmm. but throughout this entire book you only see one person and it's a silhouette. Yes. And it's further back when he's saying Apparently he doesn't like drawing people. Well, it's it's way back oh, in the yeah. beginning when he says, did oh. I wake you too bad? And there's a silhouette of a person. There is a, that, it, there is a person in the book. I thought there weren't any at all. No, there's one. Well spotted. But you don't see the driver. Yeah, the driver is see... obviously sitting behind the eyeballs. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, you don't see any people. Yeah. And this truck is doing it all on its own, apparently. No, no, you can't reverse on his own, though. That's the one thing you can't do. <laughs> So the trash goes onto a barge in the water, it plops down, and then he drives away, uh, needing to be hosed down and gassed up until tomorrow night. Going back to, clearly, the Department of Sanitation on the right-hand side, and that's the end of the book. Um, It ends with, who am I? The garbage truck! That's who. Just in just case you didn't and, get it before. yeah. And then it, there's a seal and it says Department of Sanitation with the garbage truck in the middle. And I feel like this book is either an ad for the Department of Sanitation oh. or for the motto Reduce, Reuse, Recycle. Because I just felt dirty and guilty by the end of this book. <laughs> that <laughs> was so their point. Well, no, I don't know what their point. But um, yes, it is, I think... I know for a fact that the sanitation department has used other books and promoted them because I know there was somebody who had like a snowplow book and they were really promoting that to a certain extent at one point in New York City. I don't know. And they must have. They must have promoted this at some point because, boy, it sure... It's got a lot of personality, that garbage truck. Got something, Betsy. It sure does. And it was so popular when it came out that it inspired... So many sequels. I'm just going to turn this so you can see them. So as you can see, I'm dirty. I'm mighty. I'm brave. I'm fast. I'm tough. I'm smart. These are all names of different books. I'm cool. Okay. Yeah. I see a theme. Yeah. I'm big. I'm bad. Um, Who's bad? Oh, right. And then they started doing dinosaurs. I disapproved of the dinosaurs. I was like, no, 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 no. Stick to we stick to your trucks. You stick to your trucks. You haven't gone through I don't know. he has got a school bus. That's not a truck. Well, it's a vehicle. has got least. a boat. That's not a truck. I'm fine with it's that. Like it's a mode of transportation. Okay. And unless you're riding that dino somewhere, I'm not intrigued. <laughs> I am not impressed. So, no. No, no, no. Yeah, not much more to say to it than that. Uh, they've collaborated many times together, this couple. And uh, they don't give many interviews about that. So okay, who knew? All right, <laughs> ratings time. So I'm I'm sure this is a fun read aloud for kids. Uh, it's got lots of action. There's lots of fun with colors and the font. You learn the alphabet. You have food go in your butt. It's very loud. So it's still not <laughs> and, still not that. And but. it's very informative. I bet folks with kids who love trucks have to read this over and over. And over again, whether they oh, yeah. whether they want to or not. That's why they made so many sequels, <laughs> so that you could have at least some options. Yeah, i I gave it a five point five. It I gave it a toe over the line classic. I definitely think there are other books out there that I would rate higher than this one, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it should be uh, cast aside. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm coming from it from a different angle, since I'm someone who had to do story times over and over and over and over again in a library setting. And so when you find that book that reads aloud well, it has pictures big enough and bright enough to be seen across a room and allows you to put on a voice because you can do a good voice with this like truck that has a real personality. Bring in the fact that Jim McMullen's doing stuff with this art that is really cool um, very inventive in a lot of cases and just neat altogether. She said that she worked really hard to get the text right, and I think it shows. And whoever the art director was who got the typography, those words are just going all over his art. And I don't think either he or she planned that. So somebody else was doing that. So this is a true collaboration in a lot of ways. Um, I know we're not comparing this book to any other books, but I will just say that of the "I'm" series, uh, this is without a doubt the best one, um, and it, you know, and it shows. The other ones are fine, um, except for that one. No, I'm not. That's not actually true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of it because it's doing something that sort of had been done before, but you know, never in this way. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. i am am a I'm a seven. Okay, so it's a classic. It's a classic. Okay. Woohoo! I'm not mad. You finally gotten the the acclaim you needed, McMullins. <laughs> I know you we were waiting all this time. <laughs> Letters time. Ooh. Okay, I'm only doing one letter today because this letter blew my freaking mind. Okay. Uh, and I actually just got it today. And I saw it, and I just couldn't believe what I was reading. So this is from Andrea Serumi, Andrea Sarumi who drew us as Muppets. Yes. Yes, we love Andrea Serumi. Andrea Serumi wrote uh, about our last book that we did, The Crowboy. Boy. Mm-hmm. Right? So the book was by Taro Yoshima. And she writes, he and his wife lived a really interesting life. The new son is his memoir about him and his then-pregnant wife being imprisoned and brutalized by the Japanese military secret police for their activism. His wife, Mitsu Yashima, was an artist and illustrator. Their two kids grew up to be actors. Their son was Makoto Uematsu, or beloved voice actor Mako, the voice of Uncle Iroh in Avatar The Last Airbender and Aku in Samurai Jack, Uh, their daughter was Momo Yashima, uh, an actress in the 1979 Star Trek movie. Beep, 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 back that up. I know Mako. Mako's in Die Hard, for crying out loud. And Uncle Iroh, my friend, is my favorite character from Avatar The Last Airbender. I This this news just blew me out of the water. <laughs> okay. Uncle Iroh's dad was Taro Yashima? That's insane, Kate! It's insane. His dad was the crow boy. I had no idea. <laughs> this is this is big. This is big. We're on the other side of the looking glass now. This is huge. So, anyway, Andrea, thank you so much for that news. My little brain is gone because I just could not deal with this information. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay. Um, this is actually fairly new news, but it's it makes me happy. It sort of falls into the category of news that I'm just happy about because uh, it happened to me and it can't really happen to other people. It happens to other people, but not that often. I just got informed that I get to be a nominator for the National Ambassador of Young People's Literature position, which means I get to nominate three people uh, for it. I got to do this years ago, uh, around 2000, and I guess it was in 2016, it was for the 2017-2018 ambassador. And that turned out to be Jean Liu and Yang. It's been Jason Reynolds for, I think, the past three years because of COVID, and they need to pick someone else because the man must be exhausted by now. And I'm just really, really happy that I get to be one of the nominators. So if you want to be the National Young Ambassador of Young People's Literature, uh, you can send the money to the following address. Uh, No, don't do that. (laughs) I will not actually uh, be able to do anything about you. But yay! Makes me happy. Cool. Yeah. Um, I just got uh, the shirt that we, well, that I'm going to wear with you. Right. To... You probably shouldn't wear it at the same time because that'd be weird. <laughs> It'd be a little awkward. It'd be really it's awkward. It's not that big. It really isn't. Uh, it to the ALA conference. Yay, ALA. So, so uh, we're go- in Washington DC. We're gonna go. Yay, we're gonna go. And I'm getting the shirt, and you have like a matching uh, skirt. And it's it's uh, a, a nod to this year's winner of the Caldecott. We won't we won't describe it. No, but no. But if you haven't heard who the winner is, you're living you probably, under a brick. You probably should look that up. <laughs> actually, yes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to going, well, and especially because this is also the hundredth anniversary year of the Newberry. So it's a big, big year in a lot of different ways. So uh been planning been planning certain uh elements to these outfits and stuff. It'll yeah, my started. the Mohawk is gonna be green. There you go. I'm Very looking nice. for I mean if I mean, the Newberry warmer was purple, so maybe you should accentuate your green with purple. Oh, they do, I could do they that. They do kind of go together. The they, cover they of the Newberry was very green, I'll or, look, or very purple, I mean. So, I yeah. will look like Barney. Perfect! <laughs> that will be great! Wonderful. It will be some color, so yes, yeah, Purple so. and green are the colors, people. So if you are coming to the Newberry County Banquet, uh, wear your purple and green. And come find us and, and say hi! And come find us, yes! We'll be the one with the mohawk, because I can pretty much guarantee (laughs) nobody else will have a mohawk. You never know and uh, brain. Yeah, maybe John Cheska will suddenly show up with a mohawk. Ooh. Who knows? I want Paul Ozelinski to have a mohawk please. <gasps> I want it so much now. I never <laughs> knew I wanted that until you said it like right now. Oh my god. Please. Yes. I'm just throwing that out there, Paul. Come on, Paul. Paul. Don't let us down. Paul's in your court. Exactly. If you can make a wooden bow tie, by god, you can make a mohawk. Yes. Ooh, a wooden mohawk. He. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Carve it out of wood, Paul. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. And until Paulo Zielinski <laughs> carves himself a wooden mohawk <laughs> for a banquet, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Hadden Kime, and our dustman is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.